closest would be in Jeremiah 18, 1 and 2. And um, for a uh, point of emphasis, I'd like to talk about, uh, or I'd like for us to, I'd like to encourage you uh, uh, to, to listen slow. And what I mean by listen slow? I'm talking about how to deal with God's uh, seemingly, seemingly slow process. When it seems like God is moving awful slow, and whatever He's doing, I want to encourage you in how to deal with that that uh, that slow process, and to deal uh, how to handle that as you go through it. Um, the Book of Jeremiah was written by the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah was often known as the weeping prophet. Why was he known as the weeping prophet? Because he was in Jeremiah chapter one, he was called on by God to go and try to reach a people. Who just to reach the people who decided to be unreachable. He was he was sent he was sent to to, to, to try to teach the people who were who, who were less tolerant for God's word. And he was sent to try to direct some people who just didn't want to be directed. They were just simply disobedient. And and Jeremiah is trying to tell them there's a pending judgment coming. God's going to shut this whole thing down unless you turn around. You have a God, a Father who loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to move you forward. But unless you hear him, you can't get the benefits of the blessings that he's trying to send to you. And Jeremiah, he's talking. He's talking to the point where he even gets upset with God. He says, God, I was a young man. Life was good. I had everything great going on for me. I had plenty of friends, plenty of money, plenty of everything. Then here you come telling me that I got to speak for you. All of a sudden, all my friends disappeared. All my money disappeared. I was put in jail. I was treated unjustly. I was disrespected. All this stuff because you seduced me into speaking for you. He says, guess what? I'm sick of it. I'm through with it. As a matter of fact, Lord, since you tricked me into doing this, it seems like I've lost more than I've gained. Therefore, God, I'm not going to speak your word anymore. I'm done. I'm done. But then the Bible goes on in the same book, and he says, but see, uh, Jeremiah says, but it was like a fire. Shut up in my mouth. He said, I tried to stop talking. I, stopped, I tried to stop teaching. I, I tried to stop doing it. I tried to stop doing it. I didn't want to do it anymore. But he said, I grew weary trying to fight. Then I had to speak once again. Why? Because in Jeremiah chapter 1, God said this, before you knew yourself, son, I knew. Uh, while you were being woven in the womb, I had a purpose for you. I called And I put it in you. And no matter what you do, you can shut your mouth if you want to. But my spirit will burn within you until you release what I put in you. God won't make you do anything. But the fact that he's appointed you, he's anointed, he, he has you for a specific purpose. That thing will keep gnawing at you. It will keep nipping at you. It will keep biting you. And you wanted to do that because the moment it stops, Lord have mercy, you're in trouble. Because when it stops, that means you are beyond feeling. You are beyond responding. And what's set in you now is a reprobate mind. And then no matter what happens, you can't come back. God will give you over. This is the Romans chapter 1. He'll give you over to your flesh and love to your desire. Professing to be wise, they became foolish. Their foolish minds are darkened, and they worship the creature instead of the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And because they did that, they gave themselves over to vile, disgusting things that pleased not God, and they destroyed their own faith. Because they wouldn't listen to the one who was trying to lift them to better places. Show them 
show them the love and the beauty that he placed in their own faces when he created them by his own image. They refused to hear him. And this is what happened. So now, when we're talking about uh, Jeremiah, he's trying to talk to these people, they're steady going, and they're steady going in a direction that is going to destroy them. All right, well, for the folks who, uh, for the folks who already see them, the heavy eyelids started to, started to nod off all the In order to be able to be patient with God's process, to be patient with what seems to be, it takes this. It, 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 it takes some. Um, it takes some slowing. It takes some going. It takes some growing. And it takes some beholding. That's what it takes. If you're going to be patient with God's process, it takes some slowing, some going, some growing, and some beholding. Notice those are all ING words which means that it's a constant, a continual action. It's not a one-time deal. It's something that you, it's these verbs, okay? So all these, they're not just one time. You've got to keep doing it, okay? All right, so now I want to show you the low, the, the slowing. The slowing part comes from, the slowing part is about listening. It's slowing down long enough to listen. Now some of us, some of us want, some of us tend, because we want to listen fast, we want God to talk fast. Lord, I'm only, allowed, I'm only willing to listen this long, so you got this long to talk to you. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. You got to come on. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Right? You ever try to talk, talk to somebody about something important, and they're like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> huh? And I'm reminded of a, a, a great author. He, he was talking about the time where he was, um, he, he, he was, he had spread himself too thin, and his, his calendar was too heavy. He had too much stuff to do, and he was rushing all over the place. And one thing he noticed himself, he started to get edgy. He started to become irritable. He started to snap at people. He, he started to be very bothered by things and people. You know, it, it just because he was spread so thin, he had so much going on. He had too much going on. Sometimes we gotta say, if I really want to hear God, guess what? I gotta slow down because I'm doing too much. Right? So much going on, so much going on. So then one day his daughter runs and his daughter comes up to him. She says, Dad, you gotta tell you something important. You gotta tell you something important, Dad. And she's talking to her fast. She says, Dad, 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 you gotta tell you something He said, Slow down, slow down. You don't have to talk so fast. Daddy, Daddy hears you. He said, okay, Daddy. Then listen slow. You understand? Daddy, what, what I'm trying to tell you is important to you. You, you care for me as a daughter. This is important. And take a moment and listen slow. I know you love me as a child, Daddy. And I know I'm your daughter. I know all these kind of things. But see, I'm, I'm trying to catch up with you. I want to tell you something important because you're the only person that I trust with this information, Daddy. And I know you don't want to do something about it. So I'm trying to talk fast, trying to squeeze it in. He said, but he's trying to show her, you don't ever have to talk fast either. I love you. Everything you say matters. He said, I believe it, Daddy, but I need you to listen to me. Same thing we do to God. We want God to talk fast, talk fast, talk fast. Oh, God said, I got the, I got all this going on. God, you might hurry up. She's got to come in. But what you got to say? But see, if you really love him, and you really trust him, then you believe everything he says matters. And you're reflecting on everything he says. You're meditating on everything he says. You, 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 you're, you're masticating, you're chewing on everything he says. It all matters. Therefore, let me slow down. See, this is, see, we live in a world of multitasking. You ever <coughs> talk to somebody who's multitasking? 
They swear they hear everything you say.
Don't bear a burden on the Sabbath day. Don't bear anything that's going to get in your way of being set apart and holy before me. And he says here, Neither carry forth a burden out of your house on the Sabbath day, neither do any ye work but hollow the Sabbath as I command your fathers. The word that you want to see there is hollow. That is holy, sanctified. Like in the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name, holy is your name. And it says, uh, uh, but they obey not. Now, here, God is trying to teach you how to lay some burdens down. How to put them at the feet of put them, put them the cross. But guess what? In our, in our day and age of being uh, multitasking and being impatient and always moving, we put it down for a minute, we look at it, and, and say, hold up, it's not moving fast enough. So what do you do? You pick it back up. <coughs> you ever see somebody rushing around, rushing around, and then, they, and then you say, oh, and then, uh, like take when somebody lost the keys, right? And you hold the key, they run around the house looking at you like, mom, 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 hush, now I'm trying to find this, 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 hush, this out. But mama, but you, but you, look, you get my nerve. Just move, 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 right? <laughs> to the point where they simply say, well, mama, here's the key. The problem with that is, see, see and, then, and then the thing they say, well, why didn't you say something? <laughs> <laughs> see, the problem is, God is always
stressed out like Martha. And look at Martha. Martha was snapping at Jesus. Jesus, what you need to tell her to do is to get up and help me. See me doing everything by myself.
Mr. King. Because guess what? As he was in this situation over 13 years, Joseph was steady being increased. But guess what? It might not be at, a, at the speed which he thought it should be. So when you focus on your timing versus God's timing, then guess what happens? You see the blessing, well, thanks, but it's not what I wanted or how I wanted or in the way that I wanted. He, see, Joseph was made, he was set free. He was able to roam around the prison and check on the other prisoners. That's a blessing. When you're a prisoner of the Lord, you're free in every situation. So he was in prison, but he wasn't being treated like a prisoner. Some of us, we, we take that for granted. So we had to slow down. To look at the true situation. Huh? The cupbearer forgot it. They all forgot it because they didn't slow down to remember the one that connected them to God. See? He said, Israel, my people, slow down. Because the more you do, the less the less you're like me, and the more you are, the more you're being like them. Working when I'm saying slow down. Doing when I say do nothing but listen. You're doing too much. Well, I got to do this, Lord, because I ain't going to be able to feed my family. Hold it. I'll feed your family. God says, I feed your family. You don't feed them, I feed them. <clears throat> if I say slow down, you slow down. I'll make sure they got with that. I'll make sure they eat. And I'm going to provide a way for them regardless. Do what I say. See, that means that means you have some justice of faith, don't it? Without faith, it's impossible. Because for those that seek him, must believe that he and that he rewards for those that diligently seek him. That means they seek him regardless of the outward circumstances, no matter how bad things are around, they keep on looking for the Lord. Joseph, no matter what situation, he kept on looking toward the Lord. Can you slow down long enough to do that? Instead of looking at your clock and being impatient, can you slow down and look to the Lord and know that the Lord knows what he's doing? Can you look back to your life and see how God has improved you steadily? When you didn't deserve to be blessed, or you didn't deserve to be lifted up, but he lifted you up anyhow? Then, then, then it takes some going. It takes some going. See, so, so he says, this is what you tell me to do, Jeremiah. He says, if you tell them to do that, he says, but they wouldn't listen to me, right? Then in verse 27, he says, but if ye will not hearken unto me, and hallow the Sabbath, and not hear the burden of the, even enter into the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle the fire in, in the gates thereof, and shall devour the palace of Jerusalem, and it shall not be quenched. He says, look, if you're not going to listen, then the consequences of your stubbornness will be yours forever. We talked about this one. There's a part of us that's eternal, our soul. And the way we live right now determines how we spend all eternity. But guess what? It begins now. Because if I'm disobedient right now, I'm going to make my life awful hard. Or I can make it better <coughs> by listening to God. So then he says, and if they won't listen, then they're going to they're reap the benefits of their stubbornness. He says, now, 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 with some slowing, see what this is about is listening to God. Now some going. Notice now, see, where Jeremiah lived, he lived, where he lived now, was like on a higher plane than where the potter's house was. But he says, arise and go down. That means get up and go down. What does that mean? That, if you want to understand what God is doing in this process, 
you got to let him teach. You got to let him. You got to let him show you. That means you got to get down. That means you got to humble yourself. Open yourself up. Huh? See, you have to slow down from that direction. Because see, before you were going in the direction of ruin. You were going to destroy yourself. That word slow means to slow down your progress and your speed going toward ruin. Turn back and go down. There's a word for that. Repent. He said, now arise. Realize where you were going. Redirect your direction and go down now. Go down where you can. Go down now where you can, where you can, where you can learn what God is saying. See, first you got to listen to what he's saying. Now you've got to go down and learn it. Go down to the pot. Everybody see that? And it says arise. Arise is to sober up. Arise is to wake up. It's to see the situation for what it is and say, guess what? Doing this by myself ain't getting it. I need to go down. Let me humble myself. Stop thinking I can question God's timing and, and, and let him teach me. Now when you get down to the potter's house, this is what you're going to see. When you get down to the potter's house, when you go down there, you're going to see a man with two wheels, and they're going back and forth. You're going to see him turning his hand, and he's putting his hand on it, right? That's what you're going to see. Now, the thing is, you notice, if you've ever watched a potter, potters will sit there, and they work slightly. Because it's not about what they're saying. It's about what they're doing. See, and unless I slow down, I can't even take notice of what God is doing. See, the potter has been sitting there shaping and holding my life the whole time. He's been trying to give me direction. He's trying to take me somewhere. He said, and he put more water on it and see. More water on it. Bible tells us that the that water of the word is what sanctifies. You throw some more word on it, it makes you more sacred. See, if the clay has no water, it gets hard. Amen. And when it gets hard, you can't do nothing with it. That's why you have to study to show thyself approved, working. You're not being saved by the mind of God. That's why you gotta keep putting the word in you, because the word is what keeps you Safe, moldable, not even. He throws the water on it, keeps safe. Gotta ask yourself. How have I been learning? Have I been learning to hear him? Have I heard him right? Have I heard enough of him? Am I hearing him on a regular basis? Because that water, see, because when you stop, if the potter starts to put water on that, on that potter, right, it instantly starts to harden. The moment you stop, you limit the word in your life, guess what? Your heart, your mind, your neck instantly starts to heart. It becomes rebellious to God. God can no longer reshape it and remold it because he, what you need, see, the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit leads you in his word. But if you don't, if you don't put any word in there, then you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit can't do for you what it needs to do. So notice the pot of shaping, right? He's shaping. And then it says this, it says, it says, go down to the pot of there I will call you to hear Only when you go down, only when you humble yourself will you be able to hear God's word. Man. You won't hear God. You know, you ever try to talk to somebody and they talk to you at the same time? And y'all both, I don't know, I'm just making a bunch of noise. Nobody's hearing anybody, you're just talking at each other. You can't hear God until you go down, until you humble yourself and say, God, let me shut up and listen. Job learned that. He said, before I, I tried to wrap my mind around things that were too wonderful and great for me, I tried to put my mind in places I couldn't go. But now I'll put my hand over my mouth and I will be quiet. Why? Because God 
I checked him. He said, Joe, tell me something, son. Where do I put the snow? Where do I start the wind and where do I end the wind, son? Where do I design all the snowflakes? Where do I do these things where you bad? Joe said, let me hush, let me shut up. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Until you get to that point, you can't know about God's process. God showed you. See, what he was doing with Jeremiah, he was showing him the process. If you would just slow down and go down and get humble, God will show you his providence. You can look back and see everything he did. And then find an attitude of gratitude. Be thankful for what he's been doing, is doing, and what he's preparing you, what he's preparing to do to and through you. But see, you've got to go down. He says, then you go down there, right? He says, there, you'll hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, I brought the work of the on the wheel. And the vessel that he made was clay, it was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel that seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, say, now look at here. He says, oh, oh, can I not do you like this clay? So this one needs you to understand. We go down there, you see the wheel, right? So here's the thing. Until you slow down and you humble yourself, you won't see just how long you are. Some of us tell you, when we're being impatient with God, we tend to think that we are perfectible. We're ready. See, that's part of your frustration. That's why you're so frustrated when God won't throw up your hands. Because you deemed in your mind that you are prepared and you are ready for whatever you're asking for. You decide. You decide. And you ignore what God is saying. Have you forgotten that God knows better than you? There's things that you're asking for that God says, you know, I'd like to be able to do it, but I can't. Because your mind is in such a place where you can handle it. If I gave it, it would destroy you. It would overcome you. It would consume you. You'd be swallowed up by the blessing. And I don't send blessings for that reason. See, see so what I need you to understand is, that's where the growing comes in. Because now, 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 when I'm, see, I, I, I had a son who listened. Uh, then I had to then see right here. This is this is this, this is this is learning. This is learning. I gotta learn it, right? Right? And then now I gotta start growing. That's living. I gotta live this one. See, because what he saw, what he saw was the potter. He would see the mar in it, and what that mar means, there was a lump in it, and he was trying to make it for something honorable. But the lump, it remained there. So what did the potter do? When the lump was there, he picked it up and he shattered. it. Pick it up back again and reshape it again. Well, guess what? The same lump was there. What does that tell you? Guess what? The things that we go through, that we go through in life, God's trying to get that lump out. But no matter how many times he breaks, he breaks it and reshapes it, the lump is still there. So then he says, guess what? Either way, I'm going to shape this clay. Now, how it gets shaped, whether honorable or dishonorable, is up to you. If you let if, if you leave that lump in there, then guess what? You leave that lump in there, then you're just going to be shaped from purposes that are dishonest. But see, you did that because I'm great. So you wonder why people go through things while God was like matter of fact, we talked on the Wednesday, in the intertestable period, God stopped talking to the people in Malachi and then pick up again to the gospel of Mark was written. That's because the people were so filled with arrogance, so filled with haughtiness that they wouldn't hear God, and there was a time of spiritual drought. Huh? God just stopped talking. Like like the old folks that I said, it's gone. It's gone. I can't tell you nothing. Your head is gone. 
Hard-headed. Just go on, do what you're going to do. See, and you go into the person, until they, and, and, and in between that time, when God stopped talking, God's people were ruled by six different kings. You say, why did they ever get the rule with them? Because they could. They would. And when they did get half a rule, they became too self-independent. Why would they have to be ruled? Because God was trying to get that mark, trying to get that love out. He says, okay, so you want to know what's going on? Read the book of Malachi. Read the book of Mike. He says, some of y'all talking about God ain't going to come, God ain't going to do nothing. He said, you want to hold up your blessing because you won't let me iron this stuff out. You won't let me get it out. You hold up a process. What do you think happens when God has to take the vessel, look at it, he says, this is what I'd like to do with it. I'm going to try to do it again, but then he has to break it and remake it again. What do you think that does with the process? Makes it longer. And it's not God's fault. Because he's long-suffering toward you. Not wanting any to be long. He wants to bless you, but you won't let him bless you. See, the, repenting, see, when you repent there, see, when you come down that aisle, say, I want to give my life to Christ, and you're baptized for remission of your sins, the forgiveness of your sins, and God puts his Holy Spirit in you, you've got to come out of there now willing to yield to the Holy Spirit. If you're not willing to yield to the Holy Spirit and let him lead you in God's word, then you come out wet, all the sins are washed away, but you'll never change. You won't transform, you'll be conformed. You won't move forward, you'll fall backward. And you'll extend your process never knowing all the blessings God would have for you. But you say, so what, this is over when you got that mar? No, no, no. Because I tell you, I tell you about a man who was carrying, he was carrying water. He was a water carrier. He would carry water from, from the well over to this trough where he would dump it in. And he had two containers. One was without a crack, one had a crack. And the other one he would carry water with, but the other one that had a crack in it, he, he would just moan and he would be upset. And moan and be upset. And sometimes one day he says to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the water carrier, he says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I, I, I can't be used to my full potential. I'm sorry that every time you go to use, I use me to take water, I spill half of it, don't even get it back to the well. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I never, I never, and I'm just so sad. I can't, and I can't make your purpose. I can't suit your purposes. I'm so sorry. Well, the water carrier says to him, he says, don't worry. Because what I did on my last trip, see, I planted seeds on the left side of the road, which is the same side as the water spilled out of you. And the water carrier, and then the water, and the water, the water uh, container looked up, and he saw all of the left of the road like how the water carrier used the cloth to bring more blessing. You see, God is going to use it one way or another. But here's the thing, do you want to benefit from the blessing? Or do you want to be just an example of an example for others to learn from? Huh? Everything that happens to you is not, sometimes it's not for you, it's for the benefit of other people. But you keep talking to God. You keep talking to God. Where's my purpose? Where's my purpose? Can't you see your purpose? Huh? you got to slow down to hear the purpose. Hear his purpose. you got to go and learn his purpose. you got to live in his purpose. And then behold. What does behold mean? That means, that means to, to focus on, to fix on, to watch, to, to, to fix your eyes on and never take your eyes off of. What that means, see, if you're going to live it, that, that, if you're going to, you're going to live, you're going to learn it, then you're going to lean on that person. Yeah. 
When I feel like I have no purpose, I can lean on that purpose that he just showed me. I can know that as long as I live, as long as I'm here, God has a purpose and he issues it. But you don't find that out until you go down to the pocket. You won't find that out. See, you'll keep living according to your own purposes and you'll waste your life frustrated and upset. See, Joseph was raised in the position he had a, a, a wonderful position where God could use him. And he was all right. He was satisfied with that position until God got ready to do something else. Some of us are not satisfied with what God is already doing. See, because not only here do you have to lean on his purpose, you have to love that purpose. you got to love the one who gave the purpose and lean on it. Some of us, guess what? We're still frustrated by God's process because guess what? We're still leaning on our own understanding and still just a little too in love with our own way. Now, Bible says lean not on your own understanding. When all things not God, he'll make it happen. But guess what? We're, we're talking a good game, but we're still leaning on our own reasoning and our own ways, and we're still too in love with our own purposes and our desires. Bible says in first Timothy two sixteen, love not the things of this world. Because everything that's in the world is passing away. Along with his desires, Christians, stop being caught up in what you think the world has and be glad with what your father's doing. Because he only wants to add. He only wants to add. God, your Father, only wants to add to your life, not subtract from your life. This world that we live in is suited to separate you and subtract from your life. God wants to add. He wants to build up. He wants to give boundless love. He wants to make, he wants to break the bonds of sin, break the bonds of Satan, break the bonds of desire, keep you fulfilled all the time, frustrated and remember, I'm faithful and I can be fulfilled in God's purpose. But you won't get that until you fall in love with the purpose, fall in love with the master, trust the potter, and know when the potter's saving. Romans chapter 9 says, my sovereign power and my sovereign love, I can do with anybody anything I want to do when I want to do but guess what? I chose you. When is that when is, guess when is that going to be enough? It's not enough that Jesus chose you. You need four or five other folks to choose you too. We need some folk in the world that choose you and approve of you. <clears throat> Why is that enough for Jesus? He's the only one I know who can take me from here to up there. And walk with me every step of the way. And give me everything I need. Can't you? I'm trying to get you to be patient with the body process. Can't you see that sometimes because you're being stubborn, you're, you're, you're hindering your own progress? I don't expect anybody who doesn't want to be humble to understand me. I don't expect anybody who doesn't want to change to understand. I don't expect anybody who doesn't want to be saved to I don't expect it. I don't expect anybody who doesn't want to be transformed by the renewing of their mind as living sacrifices to get anything out of this lesson. But for everybody else, including me, I, I, I slow it. Slow it. Slow down. Slow down. Huh? Go down. Grow up. 
finish of your day. That's where all your blessings come from. And he's doing it all in his good time. He's always on time. He never misses. Every blessing that he bestows is well placed. God makes it. I want you to come on down to the potter's house. He heard it. He called you. He wants you to shake you. He wants you to mold Hear what he says. Believe me. Just repent of your past sin. If you don't repent of the sin you've been living in, sin remains in your life and separates you from God. You can call yourself a Christian all day. But if you leave that, 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 that sin in your life and separate from God, you will not be saved. Bible says you have to hear the word. It goes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have to believe. People's letter six says, unless you believe, that means you trust, rely on, depend on. You can't do it. You can't get the reward that he wants for you. Then you've got to, you, after you hear, you believe, you've got to repent. That means to change mind and action, turn away from your sinful way. Come on down to the pot. Uh, and say, I am mine no more. <clears throat> Come on down to the pot. And then repent. He says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. He told him, you don't have the next moment to get it right. You only have right now. And when God is talking to you and saying, I got something for you, I want to, you, you take that, you take the opportunity right there because the next one might not come. Repent, and he says, confess me as your Lord. Let's go back down to the potter's house and say, guess what? God said, does the clay say to the potter? Does the clay question the potter? So you go down and say, guess what, you're the potter, and whatever you want to do is fine with me. Any way you bless me, Lord, I be satisfied. Huh? Confess Jesus Lord. And Jesus says, unless you confess before men, since you confess before men, I confess before my Father who is in heaven. However, if you deny, it, I deny you before my Father who is in heaven. And if Jesus denies you, you will not be saved. Confess me as your Lord, and if I'm your Lord, you'll let me lead you into salvation. And the first step you need to take is by going down in the watery grave of baptism, where his blood is spilled from the cross of Calvary. And when you go down in that water, that blood will wash you clean of every sin. And then he'll place his Holy Spirit in you, Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit, when you come up with that Holy Spirit, take your first breaths of new life. You'll walk in the newness of life. You'll be added to the Lord's church, which is his body. Now, the church is the body, and the body is the church. And who's the head? Jesus. He's the foundation of this one Jesus, one body. There's only one church. There's only one way to be saved in your body. That's the added to the Lord's church, the church of Christ. This is walk with his blood, Acts 20. Leave your Christian, leave your saved. Don't leave here lost. Leave here ready to get into the potter's process. Be changed. If anybody says it's a state of invitation, please come.